It's Boomer and Geo on the Fan and the CBS Sports Network. For the Bill Ford Top Studio, Boomer Sison, Greg G and audience, Boomer and Geo on the fans, simulcast across the country on CBS Sports Network. And wherever you are in the free Odyssey app, good Monday morning, a big football Monday as the championship weekend is set. You've got the two top seeds in the NFC facing off with the San Francisco 49ers visiting the Philadelphia Eagles in a rematch of last year's AFC Championship game with the Bengals traveling to Kansas City. And that also means that, of course, on Saturday night, the New York Giants were eliminated and they were crushed by the Philadelphia Eagles. And yes, at some point... The Giants fan, it might even be by this morning. At some point, they're going to look back and say, man, we weren't supposed to be here. You won a playoff game. You really set the foundation for a good future. But, man, Saturday night when that game was unfolding and probably the next morning, you felt like crap. I don't care if you're an underdog. I don't care if you weren't supposed to be there. Getting beat like that by a rival on a national stage is no fun. But as we get further away from the game, I think you'll start to really appreciate what this season was for the Giants. Had a great, really fun defensive battle yesterday between the Cowboys and Niners. We'll talk plenty about as well. Good morning, Boomer. How are you? You know, good morning, G. I'm doing well. And, uh, yeah, Saturday night was really disappointing. I mean, I'm you know, getting ready to watch a game, and everybody's all excited. And uh, that game was over about five minutes into it, as uh, it was apparent that Jalen Hurts was 100%. And it was also apparent that, you know, the Eagles have a much better roster, and Howie Roseman has been building this roster, and Nick Sirianni's been there for a couple of years. Uh, and that's where Joe Shane and Brian Dable find themselves now. You know, they had a little bit of success. They outkicked their coverage, if you will. They got some breaks along the way. They may have found their long-term solution at quarterback. Uh, they have a lot of contracts to decide whether or not they're going to pick guys back up or they're going to let guys walk. Uh, there'll be compensatory picks if they let some players walk. But, you know, at the end of the day, they are still in a cash-strap situation. The uh, salary cap should go up to about $225 million. That's what most people are estimating uh, for 2023 to be up to. So that will give them some room to sign Daniel Jones to a contract. And I still believe that they are close to getting him done, uh, I mean, in a reasonable way. And, and I think that reasonable way is going to be somewhere between, you know, four years and uh, somewhere between probably 130 and $150 million. Somewhere around there, because you know you got to start with the franchise tag, which is over thirty-two million now, right now. So, I mean, for the giant fan, you know, there's hope is alive now. Hope is that you you have a coach that you believe in and that you like, and that he got the most out of this team. Uh, he kind of fixed your quarterback and got him right and made him more of a positive than he was a net negative. And the other thing too is, is that there's just a general. I, I think feeling of positivity around the, I want to say, and, and you can't look at Saturday night and then say the same thing, but I think it's prior to Saturday night. There is a level of competitiveness that we haven't seen here for about four or five years now. Yeah, going into this season, what you wanted to know was, do you have a coach and what's your quarterback situation going to be? And you got those answered. Now, I think it took a longer time to get the quarterback question answered, but I believe it has been answered. And I was one of the biggest Daniel Jones detractors there were, but I don't believe at this point you can let him go elsewhere, despite 
the performance on Saturday night. I mean, I, I thought you can't completely toss it out. He had no chance. But, I mean, the way he played for a majority of the year, he earned that contract. And, of course, the head coach, who should be the coach of the year, you were able to get that and feel good about that. And I think you also feel good about your general manager. So, yes, there's big decisions to be made. And one of them that we're going to talk about just probably as much as the Jets quarterback situation and who they end up with is if they're going to be able to also keep Saquon Barkley on this team. And I think that's going to be the toughest decision for Joe Shane and Brian Dable and everybody over at the Giants because the situation that they're in, I know they're going to have more cap space after things shake out, but are you really going to pay a running back when you have to pay your quarterback? And there's other free agents that you want to retain. I mean, Leonard Williams has an out. You know, Darius Slayton is an unrestricted free agent. I mean, you go through a lot of, you know, Nick Gage, John Feliciano. Those are two starting linemen that are free agents. Jihad Ward, who was a big part of this team, is a free agent. Julian Love, O'Shane Jimenez. You go on and on and on about guys that you want to keep on this team. And is Saquon Barkley going to be one of those guys? Yeah, well, that's a good question for me. I, I do know that they did offer him a contract right around the uh, bye week, and I guess he turned it down. So I can't imagine that since the bye week to now, the Giants are going to change their stance on what they were offering him. Sure. He's looking for more money than, I, I, you know, unfortunately, you're going to have to let, let him walk. I, I, I don't know in this day and age, you know, you see... Zeke Elliott last night is just not the same player that he was five years ago. Yeah, and he's one of those examples of someone who got way too much money as a running back and it didn't work out. I mean, and, you know, Tony Pollard, unfortunately, with the broken leg uh, last night. But, I mean, this was a guy who wasn't making any money and was out snapping and out producing Ezekiel Elliott for a significant amount of time. And there's example after example of that in the NFL. Just don't, you know, when you pay your quarterback, all of a sudden... It's going to have a ripple effect, and that ripple effect most often is a, a negative ripple effect that somebody is going to get, you know, uh, moved, traded, uh, not signed, not resigned, and you, you may be unhappy about that. But that's kind of the way it goes in the NFL, and that's why I was saying yesterday in the NFL today, after the Bills and Bengals game was over, that yeah, okay, as long as Josh Allen and Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert and Trevor Lawrence and those guys stay with their respective franchises. They're always going to have a chance because that's how good they all are. But when you pay the big money like Patrick Mahomes got, like Josh Allen got, what do you start seeing? You start seeing guys ending up leaving and going to uh, elsewhere for greener pastures, meaning money. And uh, it unfortunately comes back onto that quarterback that, you know, he's got to be above everybody else. And he's got to bring everybody else's level of play up. Like, why do you think Aaron Rodgers lost Devontae Adams? Why do you think, uh, you know, uh, Patrick Mahomes lost Tyreek Hill? Well, yeah, and I'll give you another example. You know, why do you think that the only Super Bowl that Patrick Mahomes has so far is before he got paid? Aaron Rodgers, the only Super Bowl he has is before he got paid. Russell Wilson, the only Super Bowl he has is before he got paid. Joe Flacco, the Super Bowl he won was before he got paid. So there's many. Goes on and on yes. and on. So, and that's what Howie Roseman is doing with the Philadelphia Eagles going all in when he's got a quarterback that's making basically no money, and then he's filling the roster with superstars around him because he already did that back in 2017, and it worked. So you're going to see a couple of things this offseason. You know, uh, Herbert, Tunga Bailoa, and Joe Burrow all are going to get contract extensions. Yeah. Uh, that means, like, in Cincinnati, there's potential that a guy like T. Higgins could be available via trade. 
because he's a second-round draft choice. He's in the third year of a four-year contract, and he ain't playing for what they're paying next year. You know, think A.J. Brown, think uh, Tyree Kill, think uh, Devontae Adams. You know, he is like now in that situation where he could be a number one receiver uh, if a team can trade for him and then give him the contract extension that he wants. But which team can do that and which team can afford that? You know, he's going to be one of the higher paid players on your team if that, in fact, happens. Can you add him and still pay Daniel Jones and still pay Saquon Barkley? The answer to that is no, you can't. Yeah, I mean, and I also think that what they were able to do with lesser talent offensively is going to want everybody to see them, who's a Giants fan, go out and get more talent at that position because that's going to be the rallying cry. Look what Daniel Jones was able to do with nobody out there. If you give him bigger weapons, better weapons, pass-catching tight end, big wide receiver, what could this offense be with Brian Dable? And right there is the biggest question that you just posed is can you add that guy when you've got all these other issues and guys that you have to sign? And I do think that's where, for me personally, if I had to make a decision between re-signing Saquon Barkley or, or using that money to go get a bigger weapon at wide receiver, I'm going out and getting that wide receiver. Ten times out of ten. Especially with the way that the NFL, you see these wide receivers, the top-end wide receivers, change the game more than anybody else, other than the quarterback. You know, that is. The, the other thing, too, is you know I want my quarterback to run less. I don't want him running more. And the one thing that we have seen this year from Daniel Jones is that he's had to do both. He's had to run and he's had a throw. Now, he had, he's not even close to 3,500 yards in completions in terms of yardage. And, he, I know he, and I know he played one less game. But, you know, that, that's not the way to survive in the NFL. Asking your quarterback to have to run for like 74, 75 yards a game. Now, you're asking for, you know, trouble. Yeah. So, you know, I want to see more of a drop back game. I want to see more of like a Brock Purdy game yesterday. I'd like to see more of a Joe Burrow game. You know, those are the types of games you want to see. A quarterback that sits in the pocket, that's going to get rid of the ball and it's going to be accurate with it and spread it around as opposed to running and having to take on guys and having to do even more heavy lifting. It's hard enough to play quarterback as it is. When, when they're calling for you to run the ball 10 times a game or 15 times a game on top of making, say, 35 passing decisions, you know, that's putting a lot on that quarterback's shoulder. So I, I think it was apparent on Saturday night that with Daniel Jones needs help. You know, uh, Evan Neal had a tough game. You know, not a great pass blocker right now. He'll be better next year. This is usually the, you know, kind of what happens with these young kids. Well, same with Andrew Thomas. Remember, yeah, he yes. the early portion of his career, people were all over him. So he'll be better next year. But, you know, again, and then you take a look at guys like uh, Lane Johnson, who's playing hurt, and how he engulfed Kayvon Thibodeau on passing plays. Yeah. I was just with a not groin a, injury. Which there was is... just not a sniff from the rookie. Now, the rookie had eight tackles. I think it was four uh, you know, tackles by himself and then had four assists. But, you know, he was not a non-factor in passing, and this is why he was drafted. He's supposed to impact the passing game. Sure. And unfortunately, you know, for him, he had to go up against one of the best right tackles in all of the NFL, and he kind of engulfed him. Yeah, and I think that the the big things that are going to be the holes that need to be filled for the Giants is they have to get better at linebacker, and they have to get more offensive weapons for Daniel Jones. That is the big those two big holes, because clearly that's what held them back. And I do like the fact that, you know, when the secondary was healthy, uh, they did look better other than Saturday night. And I do think that the defensive line, as currently constructed, is one that's formidable. However, 
I, I don't know if Leonard Williams is going to be around because he's got that out in his contract. He probably could get paid more elsewhere. You know, the, well, the, he can get a longer contract elsewhere. I don't know how much more he would get paid. Well, he was also asked, though, after, because everybody's been thinking about this, but they asked him after the game uh, or whatever, locker clean-out day the next day, you know, would you take a pay cut oh, if you no had to, to stay here? Absolutely And he goes, not. I would only do that if my agent advised me to, and the agent's not going to advise him to. So, no, I yeah. mean, like, this, this idea that guys have to take pay cuts is ridiculous to me. Now, I understand if you're a 10 or 11-year wide receiver sure, and you're, you're trying to hang on, that's a different story. Like, if they went to Kenny Galladay, you want to stay here, we ain't paying you what you were, expo- you know, were supposed to pay you next year. Maybe we'll give you another shot here, although that's not going to happen. Um, I-, I could understand that. But, you know, for a guy like Leonard Williams, who's out there every single game, plays a lot of plays, and is a very effective player, although he doesn't, like, jump off the screen at you, um, that-, that guy will find a home somewhere else for a longer-term deal and more guaranteed money. It really is a shame that it ended for Giants fans the way that it did in just a total blowout. I mean, I don't think that's going to wash away all the good that happened. It definitely leaves a bad taste in your mouth. But, I mean, it made you forget for a little bit, you know, where the team came from. You know, and I always say once you get there, make the most out of it. But clearly they had, they just had no shot in the football game. But, I mean, there, there were very few people that thought that this team could be a playoff team, much less go on the road and win a playoff game. Well, that's so, the point. They won a playoff game. Right. You know, now if you're a Giant fan, you have hope. You do. And the, the hope, first time in a very long time. Right. And you, and you have, and you're going to watch Joe Shane kind of go through with a surgical knife. Yeah. Uh, and, slice and dice and make the decisions that he's going to have to make and some of them are going to have to be really hard but again you know i always go back to you know as a general general manager what do i say you you have to ruthless be ruthless you have to be and you know and the good thing is, is he's only been here for a year less than a year actually yeah and you know he doesn't have these relationships with these people that's the beauty of coming from outside and of course you got to sit down with john mara and you know john mara may really want Saquon to stay here and may bite the bullet and give him some more money. But at the end of the day, does it really truly make sense to pay a running back when you have to pay your quarterback? I, to me, it does not. Right. And I, I really don't think that that's the route that they want to go. Uh, but John Mara can't be meddling that much, though, Kenny. I mean, I understand that he said he's a part of it. Hey, but I mean, if, if Joe Shane's like, listen, we can't pay the running back. I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. We could have as much production, maybe not as much production. But we could get production elsewhere if we spend money in different places. And John Mara's were like, I want to keep Saquon a giant well, for the rest of his career. I'd be like, ah, why did <laughs> I take this job? There are 32 owners and every single one of their owners uh, of these owners <laughs> and also some of their family members have ability to make decisions that impact what's going on on the field. I'm just telling you that. A lot of teams do, and uh, and rightfully so. If I were an owner, I would want say so. I'd want them to come to me and say, this is what we're doing, and I want to be a part of the plan, and I, I want to understand what your vision is. And that's one of the reasons why you hire guys. So you hire Joe Shane to now rebuild this team. He got he got a late start last year, had to clean up a mess, had to let go of some guys like Bradbury that he did not want to let go. Uh, you know, Bradbury could say whatever he wants, or they didn't want me. Like, hey, it's not about that. They wanted you. It's about the money that you were making, and they had to make hard decisions. So he made, and he has already shown that he will make hard decisions because he did yet last year. Now he's going to have to do it again. And I think even harder because he does know these guys now, and they did have success. 
And I think that it was a lot easier when he came in and knew nothing about the team to be able to make those tough decisions. I mean, now that this this team is going to be special to them for a long time because they overachieved and it was their first year there and they had a lot of great moments, going to be tougher to be ruthless. I still think he will be, but it's more difficult the right, second year. Let's be realistic about this. You take the Giants and then you put them in the same boat as San Francisco, Dallas, and Philadelphia. Are they even remotely in that in that boat with those? Teams? Not right now. No, no, they're not. Yeah. They're, let's be honest, they're not. And it's okay. I mean, but the fact that they won a playoff game uh, is amazing, and it's unfortunate, like you said, the way that it ended. But now it's up to Joe Shane to be realistic and look at you know what we have here, what we're dealing with in our own division. And by the way, Washington ain't bad either. Washington's no like slouch defensively. They're pretty good defensively. They got their quarterback issues and their offensive issues. But I would say in your own division, you're the third best team, if if not tied with the fourth best team. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, so you have two teams that are significantly better than you and, and do have some really, really great players that are playing for them that you don't have. I mean, and you're going to have to figure out how you catch up to those guys.